Uh, today, I've got, um, we're, we're talking on a new concept here. Um, we've been in a season of what we're calling a season of abiding. And um, my name's Tyler Dam. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm a member here at Forward City Church, and I'm also an elder. And we've been dreaming as an elder um, team as an, and as an elder-led church on, you know, these different seasons that we feel God is calling us to. And, you know, they're abiding in the love of the Father. The next is surrendering to the Lordship of Christ, then reflecting the character of God, then living out the heart of God. But as we were meeting, we kind of realized, like, you can do a lot for Jesus, and you can live for Jesus and for God, and you can, you know, be you know, an ambassador for him on, on this side of heaven, and you can still not know him. And I would say that one of my greatest fears in my life and for the American church, especially at large, we have a lot of distractions. We have a lot of options. You know, we live in the top 3% of the world in terms of finances. We, even those of us who would say we struggle financially, still have abundantly more than the majority of the world. We have devices that can fill every waking moment of our lives. Um, you know, we have thousands of books about the Bible. We have prayer apps. We have just, just a, a plethora of things to choose from. And yet, sometimes I'm afraid that we still never actually spend time with God. And in ministry, I used to, I remember reading a book about this, and it was at a, a time in my life, like I was doing a lot for the Lord, you know, I was speaking, preaching, teaching, ministering, and I read something along the lines of, sometimes we just, we use the things of God to hide from God. And so, if there's anything I've realized, at least in the, especially in the last season of my life, is that everything in my life and my fruitfulness and even my ability to love God well and to love others well flows out of, am I being with God? And do I actually know him? You can read the tabloids, you can read People magazine, and you can learn a lot about a particular celebrity. You can watch interviews about that person. You can read books about that person. But at the end of the day, you don't know that person at all. And yet, you could probably fool some people. You could tell, you could have a conversation about that person as if they're your best friend. To a point where you, you might weird somebody out. Like, why do you know so much about Brad Pitt? You don't even know him, right? Like it's almost, it's almost comical at times. Like this ability to know so much about a given thing and yet not actually have a direct relationship with this thing. You know, like, and there's memes about this online about, you know, people who, you know, talk like they work out, they act like they work out, they have all the, the clothes that would, you know, maybe show that they work out, but how many, how many hours a week do you actually work out? It's a question to be asked, right? Like, and, and even like your Instagram profile can show that you do this thing, but at the end of the day, you cannot be doing it at all. And that's just like something that we kind of have to sit with 
sometimes. And I'm not going to lie, like this idea of being with God and just spending time with him as opposed to just picking up a book about him or, and sometimes even, not, not that the Bible, even sometimes just reading the Bible but not reading it with him. Just reading it to know more, of, know more, but not to know him. And by nature, I'm a perfectionist. I struggle with that. Um, I have this thing where if I don't feel like I can do something well, I won't do it at all. And it's this thing that I think that I'm not alone in this, but this idea that like sometimes the farther I get from that thing, the, the, le- the less I even want to do it. And for me, sometimes that's like, you know what? It's my garage. It's really messy. And I just, it just keeps stacking up and stacking up and stacking up and it gets worse and worse and worse and then you, you know you walk into the garage and you're like oh it's like the armpit of my house right like it's just getting so gross and and I just get more and more overwhelmed and it just keeps getting worse and I never take the time to just to just deal with it and so it just feels more and more uncomfortable and sometimes I feel like that can be like us spending time with God. The more things in our life that start to stack up, um, the farther we get from God, sometimes the more guilty we feel about this thing that we've been neglecting. Um, and all of a sudden we feel detached. A lot of our significant com- significance, all of our significance comes from about what he says and how he feels about us. And the farther we get from him, the more we start to pick up the things of the world that start to fill these gaps in who we are. Um, things that aren't even inherently bad, pleasure, distraction. Um, and then sometimes you start heading into sinful vices, things that just are not God's way for creation. And then it leads this compounding you know, equation of a compounding interest. So all of a sudden we're, we're, we're sitting trying to be with God and we just feel like we're just crawling out of our skin. Like, or just like, and you, you just, oh, I'm just gonna do something else instead, right? Like it, it's, it can be like three, four minutes of just trying to just be with him and rest, but we feel so far away that it just feels like we're never even gonna get back. And there's like a thousand different examples. It can be that way with, you know, with working out or eating healthy. Like it's just, it's just this common way of that just, of life that seems to govern our human existence, right? But what's been on my radar a lot lately, like I, before I got into business, I was actually gonna become a chiropractor. and I studied kinesiology in university in my undergrad. You know, I liked working out. Um, you know, I'll let you decide if you think that I went through a season of maybe being a real workout bro for a while. I'll let you decide if, if that was maybe something that would have been possible for me. But um, you know what? Like, nowadays, I use, this, I use this really expensive education of mine, you know, to essentially overthink my running. <laughs> Or think by exercising and make the occasional workout program for my wife. But all that to say, this idea of endurance seems to come up a lot in the Bible. This ability to last, to endure hardships. Life is not easy a lot of the time. Um, and like you see in 2 Timothy 4, verse 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. You know, Hebrews 10, 36. For you have, you have need of endurance 
so that when you have done the will of God, you might receive what was promised to you, but you have to finish the race. You have to endure, um, which implies that it's not easy. If you're a long distance runner, you know that running long distance isn't easy. It's this need to endure something that's uncomfortable so that you end up accomplishing and finishing something that is important to you, a goal that's been set, that you've set, or someone has set for you. Maybe in your job, you have to endure tough seasons because you have agreed to fulfill this job that you, that someone else put before you. Um, in Hebrews 12, verse one, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight, weights being things that are good and sometimes, and bad, um, things that are just weighing us down, so that we can run with endurance what the race is set before us, Matthew 24, 13. But the one who endures till the end will be saved. James 1, 12, blessed is the man who remains steadfast, and a synonym for Steadfast is actually abiding, who remains abiding with God, receiving his love under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, for which God has promised to those who love him. And there's three things that make up endurance, okay? This ability to endure. One is frequency. Two is consistency. And the third is speed. And the two things that God has really been putting on my heart lately in my personal life has been this idea of frequency and consistency. And they're actually reflections of his character. He's a faithful God, never changing. He's steadfast. He's always there. He's, we can depend on him. And, you know, I heard someone say recently, I'd rather be consistently good than occasionally great. And I was so convicted by that statement and it was actually, it's so anti-perfectionism. It's this idea that like, like we talk about, you know, singers or movie stars, like they were just a one hit wonder, right? Like we look at that very negatively in our culture. Like they just were good for a while or something, something more negative, like man, that guy peaked in high school. <laughs> That's way worse, right? Or like a lot of, I've actually noticed this recently. A lot of people struggle with the idea that they peaked in high school. Like it's a weird phenomenon, like that they somehow, and it's like something people struggle with in their adult years. And I just figured this out recently, and maybe you're here today, like, yeah, that's me. Anyway, don't raise your hand. I don't need to know that. But, like, if you are, you didn't. Like, and that's a lie from the pit of hell, and you're just, you're getting better with time. You're just growing good with age, okay? But I get back to this thing is that when applied to our spiritual lives, and most importantly, our relationship with God, wouldn't you rather be consistently good and occasionally great because I feel like we all have these seasons in our lives where it was just popping like I was in the word every day I was just focused on him and we're all trying to like get back to that time and it's unachievable because it's an old time it's, life was different circumstances it's like someone in their 40s trying to chase their high school body if they're working out like it's not there anymore like there's this this new norm your body has changed there's this and the newest level of fit is just now where you're at. It's just relative to who you are. And so we're just chasing sometimes this mirage. But the funny thing about this idea of being consistently good rather than occasionally great is that things that are done consistently well or even consistently good are great. Think about your favorite restaurant. Like, it's just done consistently well. If you go to a restaurant, you have an amazing experience, 
And then you go back the next week and it's just bad? Like, how does it look in the reviews? Not great. How does it look? Do you go back? No, you choose somewhere where it's gonna be consistently good. Consistency and frequency appear to be traits that win as God-given principles that just govern our universe because they are elements of who he is, steadfast, never changing. When tapped into by Christians and non-Christians, we, and non-Christians, if you do things consistently and frequently, generally there's just fruit that is just produced as a byproduct, good and bad. Think about the people that you admire the most or you look up to. They're generally, to a degree, they're consistent in their walk. They're not, they're just, and they're frequently there. There can also be horrors when things are done consistently and frequently wrong. Abuse. Think about just certain sins. You, you could consistently and frequently get drunk. Chances are, 100% likelihood is that something negative will happen. It's outside of the, you consistently and frequently watch pornography. It's gonna start to shape the way that you see the world and the way you look at men and women. It's gonna change you. It's consistency and frequency. So the overall theme is that consistency and frequency lead to high impact, high impact life, one way or the other. We believe, like, to get back to this 100 hours thing, it was something that the Lord actually, it just birthed in my heart, and it, I was watch, I saw actually a clip of um, an inspirational speaker, and the Lord just spoke to me so dramatically in it. And I didn't know if it was just for me or if it was for forward. And I, I, we laid it before um, the elders, and it was determined that we think that it is for Forward City Church um, as a, a part of our, our culture for the short term or maybe even for the long term as we learn what abiding truly looks like. And we as elders and as Forward City are challenging you to spend 100 hours abiding in God per year. And the crazy thing about the rule of 100 is that it states that if you do any discipline, anything, for 100 hours a year, karate, violin, piano, you will be better than 95% of the world at that given discipline. And it is the consistency of this rule that outweighs everything else and delivers the results. The crazy thing about putting in 100 hours is that it's only 18 minutes a day. My wife actually corrected me very quickly after this and said, that's actually not 100 hours. It's 109 hours. But if you do 17 minutes a day, it's under 100, so they just round it up, I don't know. Um, which I'm okay with. So like, but the crazy thing about this is though, okay, real talk though. That means if it's 109 hours in a year, you can actually miss 30 days of this given discipline and still log 100 hours of being with God. You have 1,480 minutes in a 24-hour day, 
if you sleep for eight hours, which none of us do, you still have 960 minutes left in the day. What spoke to me about this is initially I was like, man, like I'm gonna learn to play the guitar <laughs> like really well. Or like, I was like, man, I, what, am I, what do I do? And what spoke to me so powerfully, it was, it was like, man, you're so willing to grab this 18 minutes and just giving it, what about giving it to the Lord? Like the maker of the universe, the person who made every little thing that you even possibly love or enjoy, this ability to breathe so, be, we live in his world, Right? And the cre- I was like, okay, man, like, I'm going to do this. And it, we were so funny. And we're like, well, you can break it up into nine and nine, like morning and night. And then I'm like, what if you break it up into three, six, six, six? And Gary Oriot, our other elder, was like, no. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to go seven, seven, seven. I'm doing 21 minutes a day. Like, it was like, okay, man. But no, we're not, don't do six. You, anyways, <laughs> it doesn't. You don't have to do 666. I, I'm, I'm a, for me right now, actually, the crazy part about it is that we, we kind of launched this idea, this idea of 100 hours. But the wild thing was is that I went to go start implementing it and it was way harder than I thought it would be. 18 minutes a day. 18 minutes just being with him getting to know him. It's uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable notion. You know, people say that all the time. It's like, I don't have time. But I think that if you broke up your day into 15-minute time blocks and actually figured out what you were doing during those 15 minutes a day, it's sobering because it it cuts away all the, I want to say BS, but I, I just said it anyways. Like it cuts away all the, it cuts away all the, the reasons for something not being possible. It's sobering. So we're challenging us to spend 18 minutes a day with God. Not 18 minutes of you firing off 100 prayer requests. But being with him. Abiding. Focusing on the implications of the cross. An open conversation about how you're actually feeling about life. But then ending with the fact that he is good, like David in the Psalms. Silence and listening. Resting in his presence, power, and love. We do these things to know him, not to know about him. Christ said, come to me and I will give you rest. Let's rest in him. Because we're trying to make this as easy as possible, we've actually come up with a, uh, an abide menu. Something that you can just grab. Like, don't know what I'm gonna do today. Don't know how I'm gonna spend that 18 minutes today. Don't know how it's gonna look like. And it's gonna come out in a more official manner, but it was just kind of chicken scratch uh, when we made it. Um, this idea of silence and rest, you could set a timer for nine minutes, focused on the fact that the presence of God dwells within you and his power within you. Um, you can make a list of thanksgivings for God. You can pick one scripture, say it out loud. You can just surrender, open your hands, and just give, rededicate your entire life to him. You can just be brief with him. 
You can pick a name for him. There's like so many ways to fill it. But we're challenging to you to spend 100 hours with God a year. To be with him. To know him. Because it's how everything else in your life proceeds. My wife said to me recently, you know, I think that you need to get up earlier. And she said that because she can see a noticeable change in my demeanor when I don't spend time with God. And the way that seems right to a man starts to creep in and we go back. But I want you to know that you can choose to just be with him and he is delighted to spend time with you no matter where you are at in your life, no matter what sin you're bringing to the table. He just wants to be with you. And then he'll start to show you what to surrender. And everybody's journey is gonna look a little bit different, but I think that that's, that's what the Lord's given me for today. Um, and Mark's gonna come up and... So as, as we've been talking about this over the last little bit, as elders, we've been praying through, um, what does it look like to, for a person to, you know, to move forward towards a full life in Christ? And, and uh, we kind of boiled it down to four things, and we, we prayed about this a lot. And, and one of them, the first thing is, the foundational principle is, is that we need to be surrendered, sorry, um, we need to abide in the love of the Heavenly Father. And abiding is, is this where we spend time, and I love the verse that he says, is come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, heavy burdened. But notice what it says is, come to me, and then I will give you rest. It's interesting how we, we, we try to find the peace of God without coming to the God of peace. Over the last um, number of weeks and, and, and months, <clears throat> We've been kind of working as elders and kind of talking to people and wrestling, you know, and, and encouraging people. And we've just been seeing that there's, we live in a difficult stage of life right now. We've been talking, even over the last couple of weeks, um, there has been just, it just feels like people are, I guess people are getting hurt, there's sickness, just people are, are struggling. I don't know if that's you. Maybe, maybe, you're in a, maybe you're in a place of victory right now. Maybe you're in a place of grace right now. Maybe you're in a place of, of, of hope right now. Maybe you're excited about everything right now. And that's cool. That's kind of where, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in that space right now. I'm sick, but other than that, I'm good. But some of you are struggling, and, and we're working through that, and we're seeing some of that. And, and you're looking for peace, and you're looking for rest, you're looking for healing, and you're looking for all of these things. And the answer really is found in Jesus. It doesn't mean that everything's going to get better for you. It doesn't mean everything's going to get healed for you in every moment. But what it means is that the God of peace wants to be your peace as you come to him. Um, so we're challenging you to, it's a hundred hours. It's hard. I, I can't believe how hard it is. And you're probably looking at me going, but Mark, you're a professional Christian. You're like, you get paid for this. So it's easy for you. <laughs> it's not because I'm just busy as I'm, I'm busy doing this and doing other things. I get it. It's still tough. I remember we were talking about, we're going to, we're going to enter this a little bit later on about, we talk about silence, right? Remember that? We're talking about Ben and others talking about silence. Do you know how hard it is just to listen to God just for five minutes? Man, my brain is messed up. It's hard. But you know what? We've been, Tal and I were talking about this recently. It's like, guess what? It's hard, but you can still do it. You make the choice 
to do it. You make the choice. A couple of weeks ago, about a week ago, actually, my wife and I had an opportunity to go to France. And uh, the, the family that we were with wanted to take us on a hike. And we're like, okay, cool, hike. And we live in Chatham, so a hike is being just up Kingston Hill. And they're like, no, this is like a hike. We're going up like a, like a thousand meters or whatever. And we're like, okay, well, I didn't bring any shoes for a hike like that. And so they had a pair of shoes for Marsha. And they're like, well, Mark, what are you going to wear? I'm like, oh, I've got these white ones. And they're like, well, that's not going to work. And they're like, so they gave me a pair of their shoes, their hiking shoes. And they were a size and a half too small, which means I'm going to lose a nail on my toe for sure. Um, so we're hiking up this mountain. And uh, it was hard. We were two and a half hours just hiking up and up and up. And up, and it was tough, man. And it was like a couple times, like Marshall, like, okay, we're done. Just kept going. There's people walking with poles and that kind of thing, and we're just, you know, borrowed shoes and just not doing it. We're not used to this. We get to the top of this mountain, we're like, what could possibly be worth this? Although I like it, but <clears throat> we get to the top, and there's this beautiful meadow, the top of this mountain. There's two and a half hours of hiking and sweating and struggling. And there's this building there, and it's called a refuge. The idea of a refuge is, is at the top of a mountain, it's a, place for, it's a place for rest. It's a place that you can come to when you're struggling and you're tired and you need a place to sleep, you need something to eat. You're, just, you're, you're at the end of yourself before it gets nighttime and you, a place of safety and you could go there after hiking and you get to a place where you can stop and a place where you can rest and eat and be rejuvenated. That's kind of what this is. When life is hard for you and life is hard for me, we come to the God of rest. But we need to come to him to find refuge. So we're gonna be talking more about this over the next little bit, but we're saying 100 hours. What does 100 hours look like for you so far? What is that looking like? Or like 18 minutes a day? Is it a 666? Is it really? It's not a 666. No, I'm not a 666 guy. It's okay. But I'm also not a 777 guy either. Um, it's, it's actually my drive to and from work right now. Um, and it's a discipline of just turning my music off, which I love driving um, with music on. And, and just debriefing the day. And the, on the way to work, it's rooting myself in his love. And on the way after, it's, it's honestly just a time of highs and lows with God. And this is where we're at and, and just and taking time to listen with him. Yeah, for me recently, it changes because I'm not the same all the time. Like I could change my, yeah. my, my thing up because that's how my, my life works. But for me, it's just been, um, I open up and I read a couple things and then I just spend some time meditating on that. Mm. And then I just spend some time thanking him for how good he is. And it gets, this isn't, this isn't rocket science. Mm. We're going to give you actually a whole lot of the choose. If you, if you need to choose your own adventure, that's fine. Like if you can't think of what to do for the 18 minutes, we have a whole lot of things that we're going to put online. So you can just, just pick one, but we're encouraging you and challenging you with this, that you, you, you can't have the God of peace until you come to the God of peace. My wife sent a, a little note to me just in light of what we're talking about today. And she said that don't call God silent when your Bible is closed. Mm. Abide in him. Mm. And as you do, you will find rest and hope 
and victory and grace and leading, but come to him.